everybody, welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker here. Um, we are back full swing, and uh, the weather is finally breaking. It's not as cold as it was, and I'm, I know everybody out there is looking forward to spring, which is right around the corner. So today's topic um, with Dr. Daniels will be... Um, how to read the Bible and use it in practical terms. So welcome to the show, Dr. Daniels. Uh, thank you. And certainly as always want to thank everyone out there that uh, either listening or looking, uh, following us uh, uh, through YouTube or a podcast. Uh, you know, I, I think today's topic is an extremely important topic because uh, oftentimes when I'm talking to people, uh, what I find is that few of them actually read the Bible. You know, they may go to church, but they really don't read the Bible. And, and, and if all you do is listening to someone preach, you really don't get a, a real appreciation for how to, you know, uh, apply the concepts in a way that really allow you to gain benefit in, in daily living. Right. So, I, so I think it's real good for people to understand how to study, how to read, how to digest and how to apply. So I know um, we talked about it last podcast, how, you know, you basically gave me the task of, you know, the 66 books in the Bible. And and I started reading it and we started talking more. And, and I started noticing that even our relationship mm-hmm. has even blossomed even more because I, I, I like to look at it as when I played football, when I would talk with the offensive coordinator about the playbook mm-hmm. and I could see their face light up. I see the same thing happen with you when we're, when I'm talking about the Bible and the questions that I have and things like that. So now we're actually having a really good in-depth conversation about things and how it affects life right. and other people. And you made a statement that, okay, CB, you're now reading the Bible in a certain way that you're actually able to get the, the meat out of it. Mm-hmm. without looking at it from such a high level that you missed the whole point of everything. Yeah, right. And I think that's important because, you know, we need to look at the Bible in the context in which it was written and, and how it was intended for us to look at it. You know, for for example, um, the first um, of five books of the Bible, uh, you know, they are really historical books when you when you look at from uh, Genesis down through Deuteronomy, um, which is called the books of Moses. They're history books. And so when you read, it's just like reading any other history book. You know, when you read about uh, slavery, when you read about uh, how this country was formed, you don't think about it from the standpoint of some mystical thing. What you do is you read it for what happened, what happened to those people, and what lessons can I learn from their history? Because right. my, our thought always is, you know, anyone that does not understand their history are bound to repeat it. And so that's how we should really look at those books as history books to say, well, you know, that's what happened to these people. And, and what could they have done to avoid the situation they were in? Or um, how then did they take advantage of the situation they were in? And that's really how you got to look at it. So if you look at it as a history book, it makes it easier reading rather than if I'm looking for some, you know, mystical thing and some spiritual thing and, and the sky to open up and those kind of things. Right. Uh, you know, I tell people what my mother always taught me. Um, she said, when you read the Bible, always remember, it's a book about ordinary people mm-hmm. just living ordinary lives. And so what you get then is there are things that happen in their lives. And what the Bible does is it allows us to put a reason to what happened. Right. Uh, you know, because I'm sure if you think about your own life, 
there are probably some things that happened in your life that you cannot explain, you know? Right. So, right. you know, you don't know how you got a certain place or, or we'll say something like this. I had some real good luck. Right. You know, we can't really explain it. Well, the Bible explains that good luck. <laughs> you know right. what I say? What happened to them was God intervened. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and you see that a lot throughout the Bible where, um, no, one thing I will say is one thing that's very consistent in the Bible is that everybody is praising God mm-hmm. throughout the Bible. Absolutely. Now, you'll sit in a pulpit, Pastor, and you'll say you should praise him. Mm-hmm. And I know from, I can just speak for myself, that it, it kind of just goes over me like, okay, I got that. Okay, right. why do you keep, it's like, okay, I got it. Why do you keep saying it? But, okay, I got it, but am I doing it? And Bingo. that's the whole, big, that's the biggest part is the execution of what you're, what you're learning. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, see, when you, when you read the Bible, again, from that historical point of view, like you said, what you notice is those individuals gave credit to God for all the benefit that they, they were receiving from right. him. They gave him the credit. And a part of praise is giving him the credit. And so when they gave him the credit, they continually got more blessings from him. They, you know, those, it was a reciprocal kind of relationship with them, and they understood that. And so that's why, you know, when we say, well, when you come to church to worship and to praise God for what he has given you. And so it's not just a I come to learn. It really is I come to honor him. You know, I, I, this is how I, I, I look at it. Um, you, 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 you think about a dire situation you, you may have been in, you know, uh, and let's say you called your father up and said, dad, you know, I need you to come and get me out of trouble. Right. And let's say he does come and it's, and he gets you out of the situation. But when he gets you out of the situation, you don't say thank you. Right. You don't say anything. <laughs> right. You just get back in your vehicle and, and, drive you, off. and you drive off. And, and then when you come to his house to visit him, you never bring it up. Right. You, you never say, Dad, thank you. Right. You just come and you eat his food, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. and you do whatever you're going to do and you leave again. And see, that's how some people do with our Heavenly Father. They don't think about it that way, but that's really what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think uh, one of the things that, you know, is so uh, important when we study the Bible is to understand how awesome God is. When you understand how awesome God is, and these people did, when you understand that, you can't help but want to lift him up and praise him. Again, let's, let's think about something. Let's talk about something that's very simple. Um, this past Sunday, right, um, we had a Super Bowl. Now, mm-hmm. uh, whether people like to admit it or not, I don't care what team you find to be your special team. If you were walking into Farm Fresh and you saw Tom Brady standing right. at the counter, Right. And he spoke to you and said, hey, how are you doing today? Right. We would all be in awe. Right. We would go back and say, you ain't going to believe who I talked to. <laughs> and you ain't going to believe he knew who I was. I can't believe this guy knew who I was. Right. And if Tom said, listen, you know, I know you're a fan of football. I know you're not a fan of my team, but you're a fan of football. Squat to lunch and just talk a little bit, you know, about it. We would all just go, you know, like head and, you know, we just be wild about telling people about it. Right. right? And that's Tom Brady, who really, when you think about it, doesn't put air, water. Right. All, none of that stuff. 
But we give them that honor and we'll give them that praise. We talk about our teens. We, 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 you know, we, we applaud them. We, give, we do all this stuff for them. And they do nothing for us. Right. But yet we praise them continuously. Mm-hmm. Some of us, when our team lose, we are depressed. Right. Right. Now, we could do that for a team, but we won't do that for everything that God is doing for us. Because we, we recognize through seeing the team how awesome we think those players are. Right. You know, right. you played football. You know what goes into getting you know, yourself in shape. So mm-hmm. you know that, hey, these guys must be really athletic. You know, they, they, they really got it going on. But think about their limitations cons- comparing them to God. They are nowhere near as awesome as God is, but right. yet we praise them. Well, the Old Testament saints understood the awesomeness of God. So because they understood the awesomeness of God, it was more than like meeting Tom Brady. Right. <laughs> you know, when God spoke to them, it was like, wow. Right. I can't believe God spoke to me. And so they had, you know, what can you do but praise a God that is that awesome, that is, you know, two billion times more awesome than Tom Brady, you know, right. two billion times more awesome than Ali. I can tell you, if I if if I were to have a comp because Ali was mine, that was that was right. my idol. You know, right. If I were to go out to lunch with Ali, I probably would fall out and faint because <laughs> <laughs> you know. But but here God is a billion times more awesome than Ali. Right. You know, and, and so I think that's that's where the praise factor comes in at. The more you read, the more you realize how great he is. And the more you just say, you know, I got to just lift him up. I got to praise him. Yeah. And, and one thing I, I I noticed a whole lot, too, in, in reading the Bible is that not only were they listening to God, they didn't doubt what was going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that they're like, OK, this is what he told me to do. I'm going to go do that. Right. It wasn't, let me think about it. And I think what happens with us is we may, our gut may tell us to do one thing. You'd be like, well, let me think about it. Mm-hmm. So wait a minute, don't sit there and dwell on it. Cause then at that point, you know, you're using your own logic, things get in the way. Sometimes you just got, my gut's telling me, you know, I need to turn left here. Mm-hmm. Even though the GPS is telling me to turn right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and see, you know, again, you know, I, I mean, you're, you're right on point is that, See, when you don't study the Bible, you have a more difficult time discerning, is this God talking to me or is this me talking to me? Right. Or is this the devil talking to me? Because the more you study the Bible, the more you understand how God communicates, but you also understand God better. So what happens then is because of that, you will know when it's God speaking, and so you won't doubt it. And so that's another reason why it's so important to read the Bible, so you can get a sense of how does God really communicate with us and, and, and how, what, what aligns with the way God operates. And when you get that, you have no doubt it's God, and so you step out on it. But I think for most people, they really aren't, rarely are they clear, is this God, is this not God? And mm-hmm. that, that kind of leads to some doubt. Yeah. And... You know, getting back to the, the the practical steps in the Bible, and like you said, when you read it from and and my suggestion to people is to read it like a like a novel, almost like a uh, like watching TV, right? Because you have enough you have enough movie references in there for the Bible for be able to make some connections. If you got to put a, a picture of a person's head in your head while you're reading it, to make it um, more entertaining. And I will say, uh, Pastor. 
Like I told you when mm-hmm. you first bought that, I said, yeah, you really hooked me up with this one. <laughs> because this has been the most entertaining um, thing I've ever read so far. And if, when you really think of the Bible, like I was talking before, you think of it as boring. Right. And it's really not boring. Now, I don't know if it's me at 40 years old versus when I first tried to read it at 22, 23 mm-hmm. years old. I don't know if it's my maturity that kicked in. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But I can tell you right now for us reading it. It's entertaining because I'm, I got a good storyline and I'm also getting practical advice that is not only like advice coming from your homies or your homegirl. Mm-hmm. It's advice coming straight from God. So you can take it to the bank. Yeah, you, you know, you, you, you absolutely. And, and I'll say this. Certainly maturity, you know, is different because right. at a certain age you want information, you want knowledge. But I'll say this. It doesn't really matter what age you start reading. The issue is, do you want a good storyline? And, and you're right. See, when you're younger, you tend to look at what you, how you ought to read it differently. But, you, you know, you really clued in on something. And that is the first time you read the Bible, read it like a novel. That's what I'm saying, like a history book, mm-hmm. a novel. Don't try to get all, you know, uh, um, holy with it. Just read it so you can see what was happening with the people because the people and understanding their stories are, are, are one thing to do. Reading the Bible is a lifetime thing. Let me say this too for people. It's not a, I read it through once, now I'm done. No. It's I read it through once, now I got the storyline. Let me read it through now and get the heavenly line. Because one one helps me to understand the people. Then I can read it again, I can better understand God. Then I can read it again and better understand me. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Right. You learn about you about the third time you go through it. <laughs> then you'd be like, wow, yeah, that, that, I am stupid on that. And, right. and this is this is what I don't do or don't do. And so that's why it's always nice to read it several times and also understand the breakdown. Because if you don't understand the breakdown, it'll kind of throw you off a little bit. You know, you'll find yourself reading it and go, wait a minute, what happened? I thought I was here and right. now I'm over here at a whole different time period. That's what I'm saying. You know, when you read the Bible, understand that it starts out, the, story, the stories move real fast. You know, they're real fast. The book of Genesis, you know, it starts out and years pass by in a couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. And then you get to focus it more on people and it kind of slows down a little bit. And so first you have the historical books and those books, you know, again, they, they kind of give you a, a, a brief history of, of things. And once you go through all the historical books, then what you get to are um, books that that deal more um, with, I guess we call them the poetic, you know, poetic books. And, 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 and they deal with, um, I guess, just like poetry in general, they kind of give you a flavor for how people are, in, you know, because poetry is something that deals with how we fit within the times that we live in, you know. When you read poetry, it lets you know what was on people's minds and, and those kind of things. And so it kind of gives you that flavor. And then we have what we call the prophetic books, uh, uh, major prophets and minor prophets. Those major prophets tell us the impact of God during the times of history. So I'm reading the history, and then I get to the prophet, and the prophet will tell me how God affected the history. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like I'm seeing it from two different views. Right. It, it's, it's like being on the ground and then also being in an airplane looking down. So, right. so one book tells me ground level, or to use your analogy, uh, one tells me if I'm football, one tells me from a player's level on the field, right. and then one tells me the level from the, from the booth right. <laughs> you know, upstairs looking down, seeing globally what was going on. 
And so, and, and that's not just the Old Testament, it's how the New Testament is broken down as well. You know, you look at the Gospels, and that's the life of Christ. You look at Acts, and it's kind of a history or the Acts of the Apostles. And then you get the letters are kind of like the prophecies and, and, and the practical applications of things. So when you read the writings of the epistles, they are addressing particular, a specific problems that was happening within the church within people's lives. And so once you get the breakdown, it tells you some things. Now you know where to go. So right. if, if I want to know the history of, let's say, the Hebrews, then, and which is the stories, then I go to the historical books in the Bible. You know, that's the first part of the Bible. If I want to know the history of Christ, I go to the Gospels, which is the first four books of the New Testament. So understanding that helps you break it down and read it so you can get a real appreciation, you know, for the Bible without being overwhelmed and overloaded. Right. Right. And I, and I, and I found myself, um, when I get to a certain part and then I say, okay, it hit me or something hits me and I got it. Then like how we was talking about last week with the meditation. Mm -hmm. So I sit, then I say, okay, pastor told me at this point, read it out loud. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. I would read it out loud and then really sit and internalize with it. Like, how is this affecting me right now? Mm -hmm. Or how, this affected me in the past and what did I do and what should I have done? So I make sure I don't do it that way again. Right. You know, and vice versa. Did I do the right thing? You know, and there's a lot of things that, and what I guess I'm coming from is I do believe it's going to hit, it hits everybody at different points because when you read it, you're at a different place, you know, so mm -hmm. you'll catch something one time. And then I will say in the book of Genesis, when they started going on them, them run on sentences, mm -hmm. pastor, <laughs> Where you get the uh, this is the genealogy of <laughs> such and such, and it'd be like <laughs> be like a page and a half. Right. I'm like, okay, all right, can we let's move on to the to the stuff, you know? But I read it because mm -hmm. I could I could hear you in the in the back in the back of my head saying, read through this mm -hmm. because this is going to come up later, right? You know, like they're not telling you this for their health. This is going to come up later, right? And 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 genealogy. I mean, again, think about this for for example. Look at all the money that's currently being made on ancestry. Mm -hmm. People want to know who their ancestors are. You know, it's important to folk to know where they came from right. because that tells you something about you knowing where you came from. Right. And so what you're getting really is the reverse genealogy. <laughs> so right. rather than starting at the end and going back to the beginning, they're going from the beginning and then working your bound down to the end right. because now you, you'll see where the people came from. So as you read, you know, when, as you keep going, now you'll be able to see where they came from and because that impacts how they acted. It impacts what they're going through. It impacts where they are and what's going on. <clears throat> Let me give you a quick example. <clears throat> Consider the Middle East today, right? And we know mm -hmm. all the regions we have in the Middle East. Well, if you look at those genealogies, it'll help you see why they have so many problems that they're having. Mm -hmm. Because what you'll find is this. <clears throat> you have two lineages that are going on, right? You have two children that came from the same birth line, right? right? And yet one of them is the, the, the prophesied birth line that was chosen Right. So so they're saying and that's the Hebrews and they're saying this is our land. Right. Because mm -hmm. my father, Abraham, gave it to me. Right. Then you have another child. You go through that birth lineage and he's saying, hey, it's still my land, too. Right. Why? Because Abraham was my father, too. Right. And so I don't care what you say. My father is Abraham. Right. So the lineages tell you what well, both of them are right. If you look at the lineage <laughs> Right. If you look at what God said, only one birth line is right, because God said he was going to send the birth line 
through Abraham, through Isaac and Jacob and so forth and so on. Right. But that doesn't mean the other birth line from a practical standpoint doesn't feel right to say, right. hey, you know what? But Abraham was my father too. And so that same war is going on right now. And that's why both of them claim that land. That's right. why both of them legitimately in their own hearts and minds feel what? We are right. That's right. why the Palestinians say, this is our land too. Because they, that's, and that's why the lineage is important. But again, the more you move forward, see, the more you'll see that. But, you know, right now you just, you know, at the beginning stages of right. it. But another thing you said I, that I want the people to, uh, that are listening or looking to key in on, because you said something that was extremely important. You're at a different point in your life, you know, your maturity is different. And so you have the ability to analyze as you read. See, everybody's not there where you are right now. You know, some people are going to just right. read it and, okay, now they just will know the storyline. You know, they just will know, okay, God created, they created the, you know, the universe, what have you, you know, in six days, on the seventh day he rested, and they'll understand Adam and Eve and this kind of thing. But they won't understand all the nuances of how it impacts them, you know, right. because they might not be where you are right now. So you're right. And there's some people that will read it, and the Spirit will hit them, and it will be like, light bulb will go off. And be like, wow, now I get it. Now I see me in this, you know, and, and, and that's OK. But I don't want people to get frustrated if they read it and don't see themselves in it. You know, if they don't right. if they don't get get yet. Well, what am I supposed to do with this? Just read it the first time and understand that this is just a, a life story that's happening with that character in the Bible. And then, as you say it, then you go back later on and you say, OK, now let me meditate on it and see what story. What were they doing? And, 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 and why were they in trouble? And what did they do that allowed them to get there? And what should they have done to not get there? Because right. either one or two things happen. They're there because they disobeyed God mm -hmm. or they're there because they obeyed God and they just assumed it was going to be easy, but it wasn't. <laughs> right. But then once you, once you realize that um, God is on your side, it's all good. Like I remember, yeah. I remember all the times I would hear pastors talk about, you know, Joseph being in prison, but and all the time, all the stuff that Joseph went through, he was straight. It, absolutely. And that's the thing. That, that's the, again, it's the point I'm making, right? right? Is that Joseph was not where he was at because he disobeyed God, even though he was in a situation that we would consider bad. Right. <laughs> right. But the Bible says all things work together for the good. Now, until you read that story, it, it probably wasn't clear. It's clear that all things do work together for the good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Right. Joseph was called according to God's purpose. So all the things that we saw as bad really worked to his good because had he not got sold into slavery by his brother, had he not ended up going to jail for being falsely accused of rape, had all that not happened, he would not have met the, the you know, the, 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 the baker. He would not have met, you know, those, those individuals that were close to Pharaoh. And so he wouldn't have been in a position to have ever came before Pharaoh and impressed Pharaoh and right. became second in command on the Pharaoh. See, none of that would have happened had he not went through the trials that he went through. And while he was going through, I'm sure he thought to himself, I can't believe my own brother sold me. Right. And I'm sure he said to himself, I can't believe I'm locked up. <laughs> Right. You know, for, for a crime I did not commit. Right. But at the end, he realized something and he told his brothers, he said, what well, you all meant for bad, God meant for good. Yeah. So he came to realize that God was the one orchestrating all this all the time. 
And that's good for us to understand that when we are going, when we have committed ourselves to, to, to God, that sometimes what we think is a negative because we don't like the current situation, God is orchestrating it and he's moving it for our benefit. And so the thing to do is not ask ourselves, why am I here? Ask ourselves, am I really doing bad being here? Right. Because he was in jail, but he wasn't doing bad. Right. No, he was not doing bad at all. No, he was the one that they relied on to manage the jail. Right. That's right. And, you know, and another thing that really stuck out to me, too, is when he talked to the baker and he told the baker, mm-hmm. like, you know, please don't forget about me. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, the baker did. Mm-hmm. And he sat in jail for another two years. Right. Uh-huh. See, it's so small. It's not even, it's like a half a sentence. Mm-hmm. It's like he was in jail for another two years. Now, just imagine us. Like we're sitting there, you're mad. It's like he forgot about me. It's two right. years, but it, it wouldn't was have a been two- a minor thing to us, right? Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but that two years was needed because it needed to happen right at the right time for him to be able to tell the Pharaoh and interpret his right. dream. Right. And so he needed to wait until his other comrade, you know, would right. be in a position to say, "Okay, Lord, there is a man that can interpret dreams." Right. You know, and and, and so you, you're right. And it is, and and, and you, if you don't, if if you if you don't read the scripture in that manner, see you don't. People don't get that, mm-hmm. and so what they will try to do is get in front of God. You know, <clears throat> they want to make it happen. When you read those kind of stories about the life of people in the Bible, it helps you appreciate patience and understand. You know, the Bible says this also. You know, David declared it, uh, and also in the Book of Isaiah, it kind of reemphasizes it. You know, that, that we ought to wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, you know, but the Bible says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. So that's what Joseph had to do. He had to wait on God. But why are you there? Be of good courage. The scripture is saying that God will bring you out. Right. He will bring you out. Just wait on him. Don't get in front of him. Now, what if Joseph tried to get in front of God? What if he said, you know what? Since I have my freedom in the jail, I'm going to figure out how to escape. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, thinking to himself, well, I'm free now. But then he would not have gotten the benefit of meeting Pharaoh right. if he tried to get in front of God. So his thing was, you know what? I'm in here and I'm going to wait on God and God would deliver me. And yeah. God did. And his and, and Joseph's decision, well, not his decision, but what he knew, what God had told him, saved so many lives in the area from the mm-hmm. famine that. You know, he benefited from it personally because he got to run all everything. He got all the perks and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, he had everything he wanted right. and it was able to save people. Like, what more could you have asked for? Right. And most people, if you're talking to them, say, okay, you're going to sit still for two years. Mm-hmm. But in, after those two years is up, you'll be able to have everything you want. Right. Yeah. Now, most people would be like, I, I can't I can't do that because mm-hmm. because it's not promised to me. I can't see it. It's not mm-hmm. right there, in, you know, right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Think about how many times we have done that. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I got to admit to you, if 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 you locked me up and the doors was open, <laughs> you walking I'm, out. I'm, I'm walking, walking out. out. I'm walking running. Out. I'm gone. I'm right. gone. I'm right. gone. Joseph had the ability to escape because of his position. Right. But he never did. He understood somehow that God was still in control. And, 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 and that's the key. Not, not, not everyone in, in, in the Old Testament or in Genesis 
did that. Admittedly, not right. everyone. There were some that tried to get in front of God, mm-hmm. and they're getting in front of God was evident, and it caused some difficulty when they tried to get in front of God. Right. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, and that's another thing that, again, when you read it, you, you can see, because there were times when um, Abraham tried to get in front of God. There, 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 there are times uh, when uh, Jacob tried to get in front of God. And, and each one of those times, it caused difficulties, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, 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 in the way things were going for them. With Joseph, he didn't try to get in front of God. And each time he kept getting moved, he kept moving closer and closer to closer to being where God had told him he would be, that w- there would come a time when all of your kinfolk are going to bow down to me, or right. bow down to, you know, bow down to you, I'm sorry. Right. And that's what happened. He kept getting closer because of that, because he, di- you know, he didn't try to get in front of God. So you have both um, uh, storylines there where on the one hand, where Abraham, you know, tried to get in front of God uh, well, a couple of times, but I guess the one that's the most tor- most notorious time is when his wife decided, well, you know, I know God said that you're right. going to get me pregnant, but both of us, both of us is old now. Right. <laughs> so somebody don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> right. I think we need to take other means, you know, uh, which turned out to be a cat- catastrophe because she's mad and, and, and he's not happy and, right. and everybody, you know, right. messed up. So, uh, but with, 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 um, uh, Joseph, it was different. So it gives us, you know, you know, look, I look at both things and say, well, this is what happens when you try to get in front of God. This is what happens when you let God move on your behalf. Yeah. So we're uh, coming to a close here. So I got one last question for you, Pastor. Mm-hmm. So for someone um, that comes to you and you say, what is the best book in the Bible for me to just start reading to help me in my life right now? Mm-hmm. What book would you give them? Well, I would say there are two things. I mean, I would have to know a little something. I mean, just say it real brief. Let's say it's someone like yourself who I know is already well read and, and already uh, understands the importance of, of understanding God in totality. Right. Mm-hmm. If they were not saved, I would tell them start in the New Testament. I would say, OK, go to the New Testament. And the first thing you do is read the book of Mark, read the mm-hmm. book of Mark to get in the life of Christ. Then I would say from there, read, you know, book of Mark then go to Acts and then follow through and read the New Testament first because I want them to get saved, okay? Someone like yourself, who I know is a good reader, I would say just what I told you to do, read through it. Start through Genesis and just read through it. Um, But let's say a person kind of understands the Bible a little bit. They've been in church a long time, and they're saying, you know, I've been in the preachers all my life. What I need is wisdom. I need to understand wisdom. Then I would say, go to Proverbs, read Proverbs first, because Proverbs gives you practical uh, 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 life lessons on how to deal with situations in your life, how to deal with folk, how to deal with problem people in your life, mm-hmm. you know, how to deal with your children, how to deal with your parents, you know, all those kind of things. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, that's what I would tell a person who's just seeking wisdom uh, or, or, or life lessons, let's say, if you've been around, but you, you're experiencing problems. If you, if you, if you're depressed, I would say go to Psalms and, 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 and read Psalms, uh, because, um, David, in my opinion, probably suffered from depression. 
you know, when you really read about David, uh, I, you know, that, not that he didn't have a fruitful life, but he probably suffered from depression. Right. And, and so his psalms are deep, but they, they are the kind of things that help heal wounds. And they're the kind of things that help give you relief so that you can know that you know what someone else went through it and they got out of it. And this is this is their prayer life. And this is those kind of things that they went through. So that's what I would suggest to people based on where you are. That's how I would say that's how you break it down. Well, you, you're here to hear people um, get in your Bible. You gave you good step by step instructions on how to get in there. And I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Till next time.